It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to the Go Birds Pod, a radio.com podcast about your beloved birds. Hello, everybody. It is the Gobert's podcast. Yes, it is still from Vault 76. And there is a good possibility that you might hear Winnie the Pooh and or someone named Crosby come through the studio door. Uh, Not to worry. It's probably just for popcorn or raisins or something cool like that. But I hope that everyone out there is uh, is doing well, is doing as best as we can here. And uh, boy, oh boy, Ali Shore Parks, we've got a lot of questions in the Ask Us uh, Anything here. Although I do have a a complaint uh, real quick just because, uh, Ellie, you know, when we say ask us anything, we know we're going to get, you know, to the, the Eagles draft stuff. We know we're an Eagles podcast, but there's maybe like one or two really good ask us anything questions. I think that's uh, we need to correct this in the future, right? I mean, this is. Well, people people know they can literally ask us anything and clearly don't respect our Eagles opinions, I guess. So, <laughs> as long as we no, get no, they questions. do respect the Eagles stuff. Apparently, they don't respect the personal side of it. And I think you ruined that by all of your food takes. I just want to say that. Well, sorry. So, you know, it's funny. You just mentioned Crosby potentially walking in. My dog picked this exact second (laughs) to need to go outside. So I thought I could swiftly walk over. But it is funny how like so obviously we're all working from home now. Yes. Uh, So it's me, my girlfriend, Kristen, and then my dog, uh, Kingsley. And like all day, I'm basically by myself on the couch. And then the second I'm about to start recording, she comes down to make a pe- to make to make lunch, and Kingsley all of a sudden needs out. So that's how you know it's the right time to record, just when they need to do everything. <laughs> that sounds about right. And let's let us start with that because uh, you had a uh, an article today, and of course you can always go read uh, uh, LH great posts and articles on ninety uh, four slash go birds. And this is, I think, you and I have leaned into this more or less from uh, kind of the beginning of the process here, you know, because of the, man, the still the continued hyper-focus on wide receiver. Uh, I get it, and uh, we asked a question today that I think is fascinating uh, where a lot of things could be colliding here, but, you know, I think that's a very real possibility now. At least more people are starting to understand that, even though every report you read says they're falling in love with the next wide receiver's, you know, flavor of the week uh, type of thing here going on, Elliot, but... What what do you think is is the plan if it's not wide receiver in round one here? Well, let's let's look at this a few different ways. So the first is I think we would all agree they obviously have a big need at receiver for sure, no denying that. And I think that the way they've gone about their off season makes you think that there's somebody at twenty one or fifty three that they're sure is going to be there and that they feel very confident in drafting and being their guy. I think that. If they thought that the draft was going to be a little more of a crapshoot, you would have seen them address the receiver need in in free agency. Because I don't think they're going to go into the season with you know Deshaun Jackson, J.J. Arcega-Whiteside, Greg Ward, Alshon Jeffrey, and then a fourth round pick. Like I think they're going to take someone in the first two rounds. But when you look at what positions Howie values and what who could potentially be the best player on the board at twenty one, 
it, it could be a receiver, but I also think you need to step back and look and say, okay, so if we all agree CeeDee Lamb, Henry Ruggs, and Jerry Jude are going to be off the board by 21, like if they don't trade up and all those three guys are gone, who will the best player on their board be, be at 21? And I don't know if it's going to be Denzel Mims, KJ Hamler, Justin Jefferson. I mean, it could be, and maybe they do reach a little bit. But one thing Howie has shown is they will draft in the first round. They draft positions they value, and they don't draft for need. They draft guys that they they want, guys that they have high on their board. Andre yeah. Dillard last year, Derek Barnett. They traded back to get Goddard, right? So are they really going to, at 21, if the top three guys are gone, just take a receiver because they need a receiver? I don't know. And when you look at the guys that could be the best players on the board, I mean, every every team's board is different, so it's hard to completely say. But do we think that they have Denzel Mims rated higher than Grant Delpit, than Xavier Hen- uh, Henry, than uh, you know the linebacker Queen, Patrick Queen, out yep. of um, LSU? I don't think they do. So when you combine that with the fact that they really, really value the defensive end position, I think there's a good chance that not, well, I shouldn't say good chance, but maybe we are overestimating the chance that they, that they take a receiver at 21. Uh, I think we've, we've done that uh, for a very long time now. And now it's, you know, I keep thinking this too. It's just they're in, I, I, the closer we get to this thing, I don't have any doubt in my mind that their their guy is not going to be there because uh, I th- feel as though a, a bunch of NFL teams are going to go chalk. I think trades might be a little less than we're expecting here as well, uh, and people don't want to risk, um, you know, uh, on on again as you know, a lot of people keep saying, a lot of smart people keep saying. So you don't even have to listen to me; just listen to the smarter <laughs> people saying like uh, it's it's changing the way that people are going to draft. And that's certainly uh, how I'm looking at this, too. And Howie Roseman is going to need more than eight picks, you know, if, if that's the case. And I don't I don't think that there is a planet in which right now that they are going to go up and, and jump and try and grab at, you know, one of those big three wide receivers that everybody's been talking about. I think it's more likely that they end up trading back for some of these guys that you've already mentioned and, you know, some of them that maybe we haven't thought of here either since they're all going to grade out, uh, you know, pretty fairly. And in terms of, you know, defensive guys, I'm still holding on to this theory a little bit here too is that you've got to become great somewhere. You know, we can say retool, rebuild, do all that, but you've got to pick a side when you're going into a year and what – I want to see more importantly, it's not really positionally, it's not really, you know, you have to have this particular person, but it's going to kind of tell you, I, I think, where they're, where they're heading in terms of is this going to be competitive or not. If they're going to double and triple and down on defense and take two wide receivers out of it and the majority of this draft ends up being defensive heavy, then I think I, there's a, a philosophy and a strategy to it. If it looks like they're all over the place and they're just taking good players, I'm sure we'll have a lot of reaction to that too. But well, but but, and, but and, the, sorry, go ahead. But, no, well, you've been saying this last few pods, and I I see your point that I, and I think we're actually on the same page that the defense could end up being better than the offense this yeah. year. Just just because, I mean, I, I I guess I really don't know why because you would expect Peterson and Wentz to take the offense to, you know, top five, top ten type thing. But I think the defense is a lot of talent. We all know what Jim Schwartz is. They've invested their most resources in the defense. But when it comes to the draft, too, like if, if, if they're not going receiver and you look at number 21, I mean, it's hard to see them picking a, a player on offense there. They're not going to take a quarterback. They're not going to take a running back. They're not going to take a tight end. That's three positions right there. They are probably not going to take an interior offensive lineman. I just don't think there's going to be value there or the best player. And right. – I mean, maybe they take a tackle, but if they take a tackle, like, I mean, what's that say about Lane or Dillard? So, sure. so I don't think a tackle is a possibility. So they probably are going to go defense with the first pick if they don't go offense, which is why when I looked at the guys that could be there, I mean, Patrick Queen, maybe, although I will say, so one, one draft guide I really put a lot of stock into is the Sports Info Solutions one, and they are not high on Patrick Queen. They had him as like the fourth or fifth best linebacker in the draft. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but then you look at the other type guy, the guy that I've kind of come to like, and what's funny is I hate Penn state. (laughs) (laughs) Oh no, here it comes. I hate Penn state, but for some reason, KJ Hamler. And then also I'm going to, I'm going to butcher his name. Year tour gross, 
Matos, I Yator. guess. Yator, yeah, yeah. Yator Gross yeah. Matos, yeah. There you go. Whatever his name is. You're in love with the hyphens, which I appreciate. Yeah. Well, I'm in love with the hyphens, exactly. But, <laughs> I mean, he seems exactly like the type of guy they would take at 21. I mean, great size, great production, bit of an upside pick, elite athlete, really quick off the ball. Like, doesn't – and when you just sit back and look, what what do you think Howie values more at 21? A, an athlete like that at a key position – where, again, going into next year, they have Derek Barnett, Brandon Graham, and Josh Sweat. Those are their defensive ends. Not great yes. overall, but let alone moving forward, you don't know if you can count on any of them in 2021. So who? So what do you think Howie's going to value more, a player like that or a player like Denzel Mims that's a bit of a reach and will probably make fans happier? But I think when you look at how Howie builds the team, he clearly values defensive end over receiver. Uh, and here is where uh, you and I will probably disagree a little bit. Uh, you're in. You're gonna reach at 21, no matter what. That's that's what it is. I don't think you are though. It's 21. Like it's just you're either that is, uh, like 20 through 25. Yeah, you're basically in the second round anyway. Uh, and then past that, you're definitely in the second round. But it's you're in reach territory regardless. I think anybody that's. Uh, I I disagree. Oh, I I don't. Unless there's I mean, something Andre that drops Dillard, to you. Do you think Andre Dillard was a reach last year? No, that's why I'm saying. Unless I was just about to say, unless something drops to you like that, that's when you kind of reassess and like, oh, hey, this guy's falling down the board here. You know, we can shoot up. But outside of that happening, I mean, you are still in reach territory no matter what. That's why everybody's going to be. You know, even if you, I think somebody put up even today. I think I saw John Clark put up the last. Um, uh, first round picks at 21 and if you go through them you're like oh wow hey, that guy's good that guy's not good that guy's good that guy's not good and it's that you know 50 well, percent hit rate and to like the whole concept of reaching and like a steal and everything like that's completely media created right i mean we, we only come up with these concepts of saying okay don't take kj hamler at 21 because that would be a reach well if kj hamler goes at 21 it's because howie roseman who i think we all agree has like a good sense of value when it comes to players trades and all that stuff if howie takes kj hamler at 21 that means he does not think it's a reach right he does not think that he's going to be there at 53 if he takes xavier mckinney if he takes uh you know this defensive end out of penn state it's not a reach there. That's just where the value is. So when you say that you're definitely going to reach a 20 to 25, I disagree. I would also say I disagree that 20 through 20, 25 is basically the second round. Like I get it's not that far off, but it's critically important you hit on this number 21 overall pick. Oh, I'm not saying that it's not important for the franchise to hit there either. I'm just saying in terms of the talent pool, you're more towards the second than you are the first, and that's just you know by the numbers there. Uh, it doesn't yeah, necessarily yeah. mean that everybody's right in their talent evaluations either, which is why we all get mad at each other and make this interesting because, like you're saying, if this ends up being C.J. Henderson at 21 with no movement back, I think people are going to be pissed off. <laughs> you know, well, like People are going to be mad. If it's not a receiver, people are going to be mad. I think we can all agree with yes, that. Yes, I think that's pretty much uh, top of the chart there, and it's funny that – uh, not funny, just interesting, because you bring up uh, Gross Matos, and I look at him as actually, you know, honestly, if you're just looking at the build of him, uh, a little more, I don't want to say more athletic, because I think they test out um, pretty much the same. And you look at A.J. Espinenza from Iowa, um, and, you know, one guy was talked about as a potential top 10 draft pick uh, coming into this college season, and now everybody's kind of steering their eyes towards Gross Matos late here. Uh, and just like, you know, Elliot and a couple others are, are noticing here, and you look at his build, and it's just like if, if Josh Sweat was taller – that's who he would be versus Espinenza, who looks like a load. And now people are kind of debating, you know, whether or not he's going to be that uh, fearsome defensive end with the production and all that. And, and Gross Matos is a wonderful alternative answer to AJ Espinenza. So and you like you like Espinenza better? I don't know. I uh, I I I think they are just built differently in terms of what they do. Like you look at a guy like Gross Matos, who is more speeds. Uh, and less, you know, like power to speeds where Espinenza can do all of those things. And here's the interesting thing to me, and I'm just going to throw this out there. I don't think I'm the first one to say this either. But like I can at at peak peak people being pissed off. It's either one of those guys, uh, Gross Matos or Espinenza. Uh, I think AJ, though, is an interesting look in the NFL. If you put him at defensive tackle as opposed to the end. 
And if, okay, well, they, they can't take, I mean, uh, look. <laughs> but I'm just, well, this is why I want to throw out there because they've already invested a, a ton of this stuff. DN makes a lot of sense. I think everyone will be mad at something like that. But let's just say, for instance, I'm right about this the dumb theory of mine, uh, but he ends up being a three technique versus a five technique because I think that's what he's built for in the NFL because he doesn't have a lot of bend and athleticism that way. But you would be, you think that's that's not a great idea considering Hargrave and Cox and, you know, uh, yeah, no, everybody I, being here. I mean, look, you have to take the best player on the board and then figure it out, right? So uh, if they think uh, Epinenza is the best player on the board, then take them. But I don't love the idea of taking somebody that lined up almost exclusively at defensive end in college, only on one side, too. Didn't even really switch around. Correct. And putting him at defensive tackle. I just personally wouldn't like that strategy, um, especially – Considering you already have, uh, you know, um, Hargrave coming in, who's played a, who played nose tackle before, and is now going into a, de- a defensive tackle role in a th- in a four three, which is different. So, I wouldn't like that strategy. But what what do you like about uh, Epinenza better than you do? Uh, man, I'm just like butchering these names left and right. <laughs> well, it's hard. Yeah, then Gross made us. Then, yeah. uh, Gross made us. Yeah, yeah, just like I said, though, I think there's there there isn't a lot of uh, uh, hand attack with Gross Matos. I think he's very kind of. F- People are going to say finesse, but it's not finesse. Like he's still uh, a rough and tumble guy. I just don't think he knows how to, you know, exactly how to process his hands and where to put his hands. Um, and you see at times like he'll uh, looks more like an open rusher at times, and almost looks like a Gennard Avery type who's more should be more of a stand up guy. So I think you could just use him uh, a little bit differently. I think both guys fit in, in into like you know the NASCAR style of defensive ends that they're kind of looking for. Um, I, you know, they're both, if, if we're going to call them, they're both projects. You know, I think a lot of these guys could be considered projects outside of, and this is where I, I have been dead set from the beginning. And it, and really I give you credit for it because you started to get my mind thinking, I was like, damn, well, if Malcolm Jenkins isn't going to be here and then I'm looking at Jalen Mills contract, that's $5 million of a, let's see how this plays out. We'll get a couple of scrappers that can play safety and corner. And then we'll just have this big thing that's wide open here. I think safety is the number one position that should be on everybody's mind if they're not going to take a wide receiver. Just looking at how I think, uh, you know, this this might go. Uh, and I wonder if you agree with that with your, well, your Delpits, your McKinney's, and all that. So I think there's a good chance that Delpit and McKinney are the best player on the board when they draft, which makes it interesting, right? Because I do think they'll take the best player on the board. You know, short of it being a quarterback or running back, that type of thing. Um, now, both those guys are interesting because they both did a lot at the college level. They're not like traditional, just like high safeties type of thing. Like you, you could see both of them going up to the line of scrimmage, playing in the box, really kind of being what Malcolm Jenkins was. Now, I don't yeah. think either of them can beat Malcolm right away. Just like I don't think Mills can or I don't think Will Parks can. But Obviously, long term, I think both those guys could be legitimate playmaking safeties at the back end of your defense that can move all around. So I would really like both those picks. But the question is, let's say you take Del Pitt or McKinney. Like, are you what are you doing then with Mills and Parks? And I'm not saying that should stop you from taking them. But at the same time, I mean, Andre Dillard last year just sat, didn't really play. Dallas Goddard the year before has basically been a backup, certainly has contributed. And I don't think it's a bad pick, but has not been like a play 80% of the snaps type of guy. If you take Delpit or McKinney, you have to play them next year. Like they're your first round picks. They're good yep. players. You have to put them out on the field. And assuming you're not putting any of them at cornerback and you're going to play them at a safety and you're going to play McLeod at his natural position and give him almost all the snaps there, you're really talking then about having one position to have Mills, uh, Parks, and your first round pick play. Now, the first round pick, whether it's Delpit or McKinney, I would guess would get. Uh, you know, the pecking order there would be it. We'd be at the top. But then why did you try to sell us on Mills? And why did you bring in Will Parks if this happened? So yeah. I would like the pick. I get it. I understand it. But it would it would mean that Mills or Parks is basically not going to play because you're not going to have enough snaps at one safety position to give three players enough time. Yeah. And, and out of all of the guys that we talked about, I would say these are the only two that I wouldn't expect the Eagles to go back for you know like all everybody else the Hendersons the Patrick Queens you know because I think that's kind of up in the air I think all of these guys are gettable beyond 
21 and, uh, you know, outside of the safeties. I think if they really want to do that, they'll just end up taking it and they'll figure it out in the second round as, you know, things end up going there. Um, but do you agree with that? Like mo- most of these guys are probably well, trade backable. I mean, I, I, I agree that safeties are the most likely to not be there if you trade to like 30 or 31, that type of thing. I mean, the the danger in trading out of the first round is once you're out of the first round, you don't get that fifth-year option anymore, yes. which I know the Eagles really value. So if you're trading out into the second round, you better get a lot. Oh, um, not not, not went, to the second round, just specifically. I'm just saying trading back I, into the first. Yeah, well, so I went and I looked, and like let's say you wanted to trade to number 30 with the Packers. Based off the math, if the Eagles went from 21 to 30, they would get the 30th pick, the 94th pick, which is in the third round, and it's, I think, the first one of the first two compensatory picks. Uh, or no, it's in the third round. Okay. And then and then a fourth-round pick. So you're trading back nine spots, you're getting an extra third and an extra fourth. Um, I would consider that just because unless you're going to take one of those safeties, I mean, I think you can still get a really good player at 30. Um, but the issue is, and just when you talk about the overall construction of the first round, if – there is a run on receivers. If the top three go, I've seen more and more people say Justin Jefferson might, might not make it to 21. That's four receivers in the in the top you know, 19 picks if they're yeah. all gone before the Eagles go. Um, so that's going to push a lot of guys back. So if the Eagles are okay with taking a KJ Hamler, I guess you, you trade back and look into that. If they like both the safeties equally, you can probably go from 21 to 30 and still get one of them, I think. And especially Patrick Queen. I personally don't think they're going to take Patrick Queen could be wrong, but I just I don't really see it. I get he's fast and he's explosive, which is which is two things they're looking for this offseason. But at the same time, we know they don't really value the linebacker position. Yeah. And they really like TJ Edwards. So I don't think Patrick Queen is really a, an option for him. So I think they would if they trade back, I think it's because they want one of those receivers where it is a Denzel Mims, a uh, a Jalen Rager, uh KJ Hamler, those type of guys. Yeah, I mean, come on. They're not uh what, what do you mean they're not taking a, a linebacker? They're just they're just trying to, you know, suck us in. And they, what's what's the stat going around? Nineteen seventy nine is the last time that they drafted somebody in the first or a linebacker in the first round. So, I'm just saying they're due. You know, it's so not, you only <laughs> think they're going to play one linebacker. Yeah, so I mean, and he's the yeah. one, baby. No, I don't know. I don't know. I doubt that. I'm I'm with you. I don't think they they take Patrick Queen. I'm just saying if they do. Get get ready. And by the way, yes. When I refer to the four, I, I saw somebody comment on it. I, I'm dime is four one six. Yes, of course. I'm just talking about a crazy new concept. Like you can't just think, oh, we'll just stick uh, sixty bees out there at all times. I'm just saying you'd see a lot of different creative looks between those sixty bees. Some of them would look like Maybe, linebackers. Some of them yeah, look like, like pass rushers. All those different things. Jim That's Schwartz all. has been the same guy almost his entire career. And how? So, and and how do you? But how do you get back to head, being a head coach? You got to do something different, and you got to do something that wows people, especially if you're a defensive coordinator. I don't think he's ever going to be a head coach again. But I, I, I don't think so either. But I think he is going to try to get every chance <laughs> to to be that shining light, so he can go get it. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what yeah. I think has to happen. And and running the same defense is not going to get you another head coaching job. Uh, regardless, but I don't know. I'm just, it's just a, it's a tinfoil hat theory. And if I'm right, it's not. And I always knew that's how these things work. <laughs> um, let's, uh, I want to get into, uh, the mailbag cause you guys have some really good questions. There's a couple of uh, two really personal questions that I actually don't know which way it's going to go. Uh, but I will say no matter what, um, I think there is going to be, uh, you know, a lot of disagreements, no matter what it's at the bottom of the first round and everyone has their, their favorite, uh, target that keeps uh, continuing to change and i understand oh here's a quick prediction i think uh jalen rager actually goes before justin jefferson i think he's the fourth wide receiver that goes off the board and that's all going to be before uh 21 would, as well i would make a very friendly wager with you on that one okay good we'll we'll make it we'll make I, it a sandwich I, I don't see the uh i don't see the the rager hype but i mean we'll see but i think justin jefferson goes first justin jefferson to me is one of the more underrated prospects in the draft. I know that he he played slot a lot, and that's where more of his production was. But great hands, very explosive yep. after the ball, like produced at the highest level against the best competition. Has the exact personality you want from from a receiver. Has enough swag, but also like not diva, too diva. I mean, I think he's an absolute steal. Uh, yeah, I think he's a 
I think he's a really good player. <laughs> like that's all. I think he, he's better than Rager too. I'll, I'll say that. I think he's better than Rager. Uh, which will which will be fun uh, if uh, if that all happens and goes down. I I do think Rager doesn't go in the second round. Though. I do think he goes in the first. If I'm wrong about that, I just have a feeling that, that might you know end up end up creeping up there. Uh, but I will say this. Um, you, you go first because I saw the. I think you're what what you were going to respond to in this was the Matt Miller thing about uh, the Eagles being tracked in on speed, speed, speed. Um, and I've just yeah, seen so, a, a lot of different reports that all look uh, and sound exactly like this. So tell me what happened again. So Matt Miller uh, reported that the Eagles aren't just looking for speed at receiver; they're looking for speed all over the board. Which again, I'm sure he did hear that. He does a great job. I'm a big Matt Miller fan. I follow yeah. him on Twitter. Okay, but it's just funny to me. Like, so what are they going away from their strategy of drafting really slow players? Like, do we do we think they were in these last few years just being like not valuing speed? I mean, I know that they've ended up with Alshon, who was slow, but Deshaun was quick. Nelson was really quick. Um, you know, so I just. I, yeah, of course they're going to target speed. And how he said that. So I, I yes, exactly. I yeah, people people got really hype about it. But like, yeah, they better be valuing speed. And that, I mean, yeah, I just thought the report was it was kind of funny. Yeah. Or like uh, stuff like, hey, guys, they really like Justin Jefferson. Great. <laughs> Fantastic. Do they really like him better than player X, Y and Z? You know, like I'm well, sure they do. I'm sure there's like. 50 fucking people on their board that they really really like we'll just have to you know, i wish they could take all those 50 guys and probably replace you know um 97 of the roster because they really like those guys if they were all sitting in front of them because they'd be cheaper and more talented and younger and blah 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 but uh, that doesn't matter to me you know everybody says these well, things and what's funny too is the with the pre-draft process changing um like when they had a guy in for an official visit like that was noteworthy it meant something sure but now there's it's I've seen less of the whole. I mean, again, KJ Hamler said he FaceTimed with the Eagles. I guess Denzel Mims said that he has talked to the Eagles more than most teams. So that's like somewhat interesting. But it is harder to get a peg on who they really like when you don't know what guys they're bringing in. Okay, because yeah. you can't. Obviously. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just uh, yeah. That is that's not surprising me uh, in the least. Which also kind of makes this thing a, a little more complicated as you go along because at least you've had. In the past, I think some direction. I mean, you know, the top three, four, five are always obviously easier to predict because you know how bad those teams are. You know what they want. Um, you know, starting in like October, so um, it's harder, especially now. And I'm I'm just gonna keep reiterating this. This is gonna be different. You know, I uh, I expect this to be a very boring draft. Uh, and, and it's going to be very straight ahead, and I don't, I don't think there's going to be a ton of moves. Maybe I'm crazy, but you know there isn't going to be those big moves for quarterbacks that are moving up. I think everybody's going to play this by the the, the chalk here. Um, and the, the my final verdict is the Eagles are going to trade back. <laughs> I think they're going to trade nah, back, and I, I don't think it's going to be for wide receiver. I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to make my official prediction yet, but I, I think I think they pick at 21. I do. Okay. All right. We'll have to uh, see. And uh, James will be along uh, uh, sometime this week. We know just uh, a, lot, a lot of different schedules and things to get us all together uh, when we're so far apart. Uh, and uh, we uh, we have asked and opened the mailbag. Also, just want to remind everybody that if there's just anything literally on your mind, it doesn't have to be Eagles related. It could be praising us. It could be bashing us. It could be something that you're thinking about in your bathtub, which boy, oh boy, we got to talk about that before uh, we get off here. Uh, 267-245-6066, literally at any time. I'm going to try to start the martini time just to just to throw it out there. It gives you an opportunity to say whatever you want on the podcast. Uh, looking for, If it's a sports one, it's got to be so good, by the way. So, so good. We're, we're, we appreciate those, but, man, I, I want to hear, you know, the life stories, the trips to, uh, I don't know, the, the zoo, the, uh, the wherever. Just you know, tell me whatever you're thinking, uh, and we will reserve that for you for Martini time. Two six seven two four five sixty sixty six, and I expect greatness because that's how much faith I have in each and every one of you. Um, I'm going to start with our with our good friend. Uh, did uh, Ben Simmons make a three uh, at three point attempt on the Twitter dot com, which I think is a, a very important question to ask. Is now I'm starting to see at least some video and some mention of these guys coming through here. Who is more likely? To make an impact this season, 
Uh, Arthego Whiteside, Jannard Avery, Jordan Mailata, your pick, LA Shore Parks. Oh, this is an easy one. It's definitely our Sega white side. I don't even know if my lot is going to make the team. I mean, I think he's going to going into camp. He'll be he'll this will be the first year where he has to make it or they're not going to like shady IR him. So there is more pressure on him. But I, I don't think you'll see him uh, even make the team. Jannard Avery. I don't think he's going to have an impact. I get that they made the trade for this year as opposed to last year, but he has you know in Cleveland he never really made an impact. He got some decent playing time at one point. Yeah. He Arcega Whiteside and I'm not sticking up for him as saying he's going to be a star, but I do think people have written him off a little too early. Uh last year the Eagles went in with three guys firmly ahead of him. Um he should have played later on, but I thought he made he had a nice catch against Seattle, I think it was. So yeah. I I I think he, and he's going to go in with playing time. He could very well end up being a starter. So I think of those three, he has the best chance of making a big impact. Yeah, so do I. So, um, so let me let me just go back to last year's training camp. So me tweeting out, man, it looks like the Jordan Mailata experiment might be ending here at you know tackle wasn't the craziest thing in the world to say at that time. If you believe that he's actually got to make the roster this year, right? <laughs> Yeah. Look. Oh, I mean, okay. I'm just making. Uh, I'm just making it perfectly clear. So uh, you can go back to. Uh, well, he hasn't played. He's never played football before, bro. Great. That's fantastic. Now they can't afford a roster spot, and it sucks because I wanted him to be the next Jason Peters, and it doesn't look like that's going to happen at any particular time. Uh, but uh, I do think I have figured out how they're going to use Jannard Avery, and I wonder if it's going to be more linebacker than it is going to be more defensive end. Would you agree with that? Almost, or like have him be that uh, Kendricks type that everybody believed where he was going to be that wonderful fifth rusher or fifth blitzer that's coming in, a hybrid guy who is not exact. I, I would say extraordinarily more hybrid than like a Chris Long, where he looks like he's best is, you know, standing up as opposed to his fingers being in the ground. And he get, he definitely can do that, but he looks like he is pure pure speed and angles and things like that. I think he's best suited to float around as your potential, you know, extra fifth rusher or great NASCAR guy, that type of role. So this is going to come across as dismissive towards Jannard Avery, and I don't really mean it to. But <laughs> honestly, when I was making my 53-man roster prediction, I completely forgot him at all. Like oh, I, wow. I, was, I didn't even think like, oh, he's on the bubble. I just forgot about him. And again, I'm sure he has some great qualities as a player. I'm really not investing any time discussing Jannard Avery until he shows me something worth talking about, right? I mean, like he didn't he traded for him last year and they they didn't play him at all, even though their pass rush was really bad. If they're gonna put him on the roster this year, I don't think putting him as a linebacker is gonna work. I think he's too big. But if they're gonna put him at defensive end, then let's see him beat out guys like Sharif Miller and stuff. I think Jannard Avery to me is just a guy at this point. I don't think he is a huge factor in any of their plans. I think he's Again, earlier in the pod when we were talking about defensive ends and yeah. need. Neither of us brought up Jannard Avery. Oh, well, so. yeah, because you can't rely on him. The same way that I would right. say the same thing about Josh Sweat, even if his name came up. You know, it's like, what's your plan at defensive end? Oh, Josh Sweat's going to be fine. Or like Derek Barnett's, even Derek Barnett's going to be great. You know, well, they're, they're all this. the same I thing. Think, I think Josh Sweat is considerably better than Jannard Avery. As, as do I. Uh, and I think right. they're, they, they are stylistically very different, you know, as, as well, where you're, there is actually power with, with Josh Sweat. Uh, the athleticism is what really wins out for Jannard Avery, I still think there's a spot there for him as long as he's comfortable playing special teams and be able to do all that crap. Uh, I, that'll be another sandwich bet, I think, as uh, as we ever uh, do get to a training camp, which is remind me to ask you at the end uh, what your thoughts are here. Okay, this is more of a this is more of a, uh, the ask us anything type of style here. Our good friend uh, Crane uh, Crane J three eleven. Do you know of any Eagles players who follow beat writers, podcasters, et cetera, for team insights, or do they block it all out and just, you know, uh, and relay just on, uh, rely, excuse me, I think he's trying to say, on team info as it comes in? Yeah, you, you know more about this than, than I would, yeah. but uh, what, is, what is the protocol for most of the guys in the locker room there? Uh, I think, you know, some guys super enjoy following it. I mean, I can only speak to, to my Twitter in terms of who follows and who doesn't, but like, Brandon Brooks, Zachert, Carson Wentz, um, 
some other guys, Lane Johnson. Like there are definitely guys, all those guys follow me and anyone that follows me on Twitter knows I certainly tweet a lot. So they're well aware of what's happening on Twitter. Um, <laughs> I, I think that, you know, some guys like to follow it. They like to read it. Some guys like to stay away from it. I always think if I was in the NFL, what I would do, and it must be so hard not to. I mean, this is your job. This is your profession yeah. that you care about and to have everybody talking about it. It must be hard not to tap into it. But I thought there was an interesting point in the All or Nothing uh, documentary from what feels like 14 years ago. Oh, we're with superstar uh, James Seltzer, who is also a host of the Gobers podcast. Are you talking about exactly. that particular show? Okay, good. That, that particular show, yeah. yeah. Um, where at one point, Brandon Graham and Carson Wentz are on a stage together. And I think it was Dave Spadaro asked him, do you pay attention to it? And Carson says, no, I don't at all. I turned it off. And Brandon Graham says, yeah, I use it as motivation. So I think just with 53 guys in the locker room, there's a lot of different ways to go about it. But I think a lot of the veterans do pay attention to it. Okay. Yeah, I think they do too. Uh, and I think more than most, I think there's a couple that um, over the last couple of years have slid into the old DMs. It's just important for everybody out there. Keep them open. You never know what happens. Uh, <laughs> that, you know, are either trying to correct information or be like, what's this all about? Or et cetera, et cetera. And you know, I think that's normal, you know, and uh, yeah, I don't people always tend to think that that's like a bitch move for any particular reason. I always, you know, welcome clarifying information or another comment or, you know, something if we fucked up or if I think they fucked up or something like that. Like, why not? Uh, I would yeah. love to hear from from anybody uh, with a different perspective on, you know, what we think about, because we don't have all the information uh, all at once. That's what makes it kind of fun in the beginning. There is, I thought that there was something at my feet, and it's just my mic cord, so we're all good here. As we go to our Man, friend, like you got a lot going on over there's there. A, buddy. There's a ton going on <laughs> over here. Uh, uh, Shik, uh, excuse me, Shitstoke says our good friend who is always paying attention and and literally hates most of my takes, which I love. Uh, but if Jim Schwartz's defense hasn't significantly improved this year. Can we please stop acting like it's crazy that we want him gone, Elliot Shore Parks? Yeah, I mean, I've always defended Jim Schwartz. I think he's outcoached Doug the last two years. Um, I don't think the Eagles should want him gone. I get that there's some games where the defense is really frustrating to watch, but out of the 16 games Eagles play each year, plus playoffs sometimes, Jim Schwartz's defense is going to be really good for like 13 of them. So I, I think Jim Schwartz is one of the better defense coordinators in the league. I think now that they've given him some some help at corner, and I think the pass rush up the middle is going to be better. I think the defense is going to be really good this year. I don't think they'll ever get rid of Jim Schwartz unless he gets a job elsewhere. Yeah, I don't. I don't think they would either. I've always understood why people want to get rid of Jim Schwartz, and one, it's the easier of the two because no one would want to fire Doug for bad seasons. Uh, and I, I'm not saying that it isn't warranted. Uh, I'm. I think more or less, and especially from my and Elliot's perspective, it's going to be very hard to replace that thing because everybody thinks it's really bad and not saying that there isn't better. Like if they had a brilliant idea and go, you know what, we just want to move on with a different concept and also maybe Jim Schwartz's voice gets too loud for Carson Wentz or whatever the fuck we hear next, then you know maybe it's D'Amico Ryans who gets an opportunity to come back to Philadelphia as a defensive coordinator because he's doing a really good job, you know, in San Francisco with the 49ers or whatever it is. Uh, but unless that opportunity arises, I don't think you're just going to, you're not going to find as much here. And just as we've been talking about the draft since forever, that's where most of this problem is for me. And it's a really co close horse race between like that and development. Uh, so that's where I stand on Jim. I'm fine if you want to replace him, but it's, it's going to be really tough to move on from him and more or less, you know, I don't know why I feel so optimistic about the defense, but I think they are going to look uh, a, a lot different this year than instead of just the bend don't break guys uh, in the future here. Ooh, uh, this is, uh, uh, well, the, the first two, there's two questions here from our good friend willing to go him. Uh, the second is more important here, Elliot, uh, to start right. with. Uh, Brandon is my least favorite character on Siesta Keys. Who okay. is your least favorite character? I mean, I like Brandon, so I wouldn't say he's my least favorite character. Um, I would probably say Pauly. Pauly is, you know, uh, he's interesting, but I wouldn't say I'd want him as like a friend. Uh, so Pauly would probably be one of them. Um, Chloe's all about the drama, which is pretty fun. So I would, <laughs> I would not say her, but yeah, I would probably say Pauly. Pauly uh, would be my answer. Okay, I uh, I only watched the 
first episode of season two, which was basically a, a big recap of season one. And there's this large party and everybody's fighting and whoever the dude is where they are, I don't know the first for those who haven't seen Siesta Keys, welcome to my world, too, uh, which is I think there's a lot of us. But you get introduced to this uh, hunk of a dude who, of course, is, you know, uh, jacked to the nines with the 12 pack abs and the, you know, the pecs that uh, could rule uh, King Kong and all this other stuff. And there's this really beautiful blonde haired woman that I guess he's hanging out with. But. He is. Uh, well, don't give away too many spoilers. That's not. It's not spoilers, but it's just like this guy's notorious for you know sticking his thing in uh, in a lot of different people and not caring about who's the what and having a good time. And there's this awkward conversation. Of, what are your plans? What are your intentions with my daughter? Like it's 19 fucking 55, and <laughs> I'm just going, like, what the fuck is this? And then ended up finding whatever. So I'll get back to it. But whoever so that guy before, is, before we move on to like the it. next question, yes, I, my answer, my answer actually, it's Robbie. My answer should have been Robbie. Uh, he's later in the season, okay. but he is very annoying. Uh, so that, that's my answer. I will. Uh, but uh, let's, all right, let's let's for the non-siesta key people. What what's what's the football? Aspect <laughs> well, let's just question? go. Uh, you know, assuming the top three are gone, uh, when it comes to Rager Jefferson and Brandon, I still screw up his last name because I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Is it Ayuk? A lot of hard names in this draft. Yeah, that's which is the death nail for me, uh, to be yeah, honest with you. That's a very good point. A lot yeah. of, <laughs> we need a lot of nicknames and quickly. Uh, although, I'm, isn't it weird that I pronounce almost every freaking last name wrong, but I'm sure to correct. It's Arthega Whiteside, guys. Yeah, well, you know yeah. how I feel about that one. Yeah. But <laughs> out of, so out of those three, it was it was Jefferson. Jefferson, uh, Rager, and Brandon Ayuk is, is, is for me, what I'm going to roll. it's definitely Jefferson. I, I think Jefferson's going to be a stud at the next level. Um, I think he has the highest floor of all of them and the highest ceiling. I don't see Jefferson failing. So if they're at 21 and those are my three options, I'm definitely taking Jefferson. Um, I wouldn't rank them that way in terms of talent. I would rank them in terms of if the same way. Like, I don't think I think Justin Jefferson bust level is low, but it also doesn't mean that he is. He's suddenly going to be uh, a superstar either. I'm really nervous when it comes to Justin Jefferson, to be honest with you. I think Jalen Rager is the better wide receiver, um, but I don't think I'd feel comfortable saying that either one of them are going to be, you know, humongous bust out candidates. I think they're going to take some time. You know, I, I know that everybody keeps jumping on to all of that. The Eagles do not have a wide receiver coach. They do not have an offseason. <laughs> they have a playbook at best. Maybe we'll see some training camp in August if we're lucky. And then after that, who knows, because the president did have a phone conversation with every sports league or major one that counts, I guess, <laughs> by, uh, and, and the right ones. You know, we're on the call. Uh, and they're saying, you know, be ready for September. The NFL shouldn't be affected. Call me crazy. I don't think that's really going to happen either. I think this gets pushback or something uh, different is going to happen here too and this is what I want to ask you I mean like are you has your mind changed at all on having the draft at the end mm -hmm. of uh, April here I really go back and forth uh, I, look I think Howie Roseman made a really good point during a conference call when he said like the stuff they're dealing with is very small compared to what everyone else is dealing with like when you just look at it the idea that the, that they can do the draft like you know it's not like players are they already kind of got rid of the pre-draft process so now that they've done that it's not like the players have to travel you're basically just holding a really big zoom meeting right i mean so like yeah. there's still businesses going on for me the thing that just sucks the most is if you're joe burrow like you're gonna miss that moment of walking across the stage as the number one pick just to me that super sucks that's the biggest reason i say put it off but outside of that i i, I would still hold it um, I would only say I think my mind's changed a little only because uh, of what uh, reportedly of what's coming over the next couple of weeks. So there is an opportunity where this looks incredibly bad, you know, and at the same time, no one's really forcing anybody to watch it for those that want to escape. It's there. So I think that's a, a, a fair point to make for sure. Um, I, uh, I don't know if my, you know, everybody's minds can exactly wander that way. You know, I'm just saying I would keep it open. I don't I, – as of right now, I think it's fine to continue with this. But the only thing I would say is there are uh, – I, I would say more importantly, a lot of college athletes did not get an even opportunity to display their biggest things on stage. 
You know, like their draft is is completely ruined for the most part. So uh, the NHL, to an, to some extent, is too. You know, everybody kind of lost their moments. We don't have a Stanley Cup more than likely. We don't have a, an NBA Finals more than likely. So I think it's okay. You know, to move can, and considering all the different parameters, just from a uh, a standpoint of, of fairness, where every team is is kind of getting back a little to their older processes as opposed to their what they're dealing with now and I know they say they're handling it I just makes me uncomfortable when every GM in the league says no and the NFL just says yeah fuck it we're doing it anyway mm-hmm. uh so I don't know I I I understand uh, that we all want these things but even if forget the kind of morality point I guess I was making there uh before uh just from I don't know if it's you, you there's a possibility that you know the Eagles or whoever you root for are going to miss out on guys because they didn't have enough time or they didn't, you know, get those. I mean, I can't imagine what day three is going to look like. <laughs> I can't imagine. Or even parts of day two, like the end of round three. Like it is, I I, I don't think we've given considered or, or given serious thought on how much information is missing on a lot of these prospects. That's yeah, all, you it's, know. it's part of it for sure. But I don't know. I mean, businesses have to go on to a certain extent. Like people they are do. doing work. I mean, so yeah. I, I'm on either side of it, to be honest. But I, I think they should have it. Yeah. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I'm just. I know people are kind of split back and forth here. I'm. I'm kind of still, you know, waiting for it. I just saw this real quick too. Speaking of shit, says because he was answering one of our questions about, you know, <laughs> what would you hate at 21, and he just goes, Justin Jefferson. He's Aguilar with good hands. Isn't that a good thing? <laughs> if Nelson Aguilar has good hands, wouldn't he still be here making $9 million yeah. a year and we wouldn't be talking about well, him? <laughs> as Howie mentioned, he's one of the top 10 quickest players in the league. So <laughs> so there you go. Um, I uh, There was a... There is one more, a, a couple of more in here, a couple of more good ones, and and uh, certainly we will uh, we will keep it rolling uh, right along. I know that people have been asking for more and more podcasts. We are certainly getting there. Schedules have been a little tougher, you know. Getting together has been a little tougher, so I, I understand we're gonna pump these out as, as much as we can. I got a couple of ideas to to float us along on social media and doing uh, live streams and stuff to kind of satisfy uh, our needs uh, there as well. Uh, but. Uh, I'm trying to find it in delay time. Can I vamp a little more? I don't think I can, but somebody did want to know, Elliot, are we popping that question to Kristen anytime? <laughs> well, she can probably hear everything I'm saying right now. <laughs> well, 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 I guess we got to keep uh, I mean, that look, locked in. Obviously, you know, ASAP. I was, I'm a lucky guy. I'm very happy. I'll definitely be doing it soon, but probably not during a national pandemic. Feels like a bit of a, a buzz kill, I would say. You know, you can't even go out and celebrate afterwards. So, hey, honey, I was, I was thinking during this awful time of how much I wanted to marry you. <laughs> that should be kind of sweet, uh, to be honest with you. That'd be, that'd be uh, nice. We'll keep an eye on it. Uh, and um, I uh, just for the record can't wait to put the ring on. I just the same reasons, uh, timing. Yeah money all of those fun things and now we got to sit here and wait until you know things kind of clear up uh everyone stay inside so bartard can propose yeah good lord so we both can i guess right uh and then uh yeah and then yeah we gotta then we gotta start comparing families and we'll have debates about that it'll be fun like that's can that can be the the evolution of the pod where we also will have a draft class for you know kids and marriage and there you go. rank everybody and everybody will we'll join everybody in it'll be a hoot again uh, 267-245-6066 is for martini time, which would be reserved for like right now, this time. It, a quick fire of thoughts that you're thinking about. Again, if it's sports related, it's got to be incredible, like a, almost an alien type theory of things that you were thinking. Tinfoil hat stuff. Make us laugh. Make us cry. Leave inspirational stories. Literally, whatever you're thinking. 267-245-6066. Because I'm trying to explain this to the guys how this works, <laughs> and I don't think they're just like, what, John, what are you talking about? So help me prove that this can work. Prove them right. Prove Please them help right. me prove me right. Otherwise, it's another failed idea from my noggin, and uh, <laughs> and then we just got to throw it in the toilet here. But, uh, Elliot, any uh, final things before we head out uh, head on out here? And we will definitely answer more questions throughout the week as well. Mm. Trying to think. I've been. I'm reading a Michael Jordan biography, Ooh, which I'm yes. enjoying. Oh. I think I've. I think I've decided when it comes to the goat rankings, it's definitely Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, and I think that when discussing the best player in the NBA history, 
you can only have that player be a guard. I don't think a big man can be the GOAT. So when you talk about the best players in NBA history, I think I've decided MJ, LeBron, Kobe. I think that's why they, they separate them most of the time, and I agree with you. Like, you got to have a center's list and then an everybody else list, and yeah, it is really hard. <laughs> yeah, when's the last, like... This might be really dumb and it might show how bad my NBA history knowledge is. But when's well, I'm the, excited to hear it. When's the last time a four was a Hall of Famer? Like, when's the time? The last time, like, a power forward was a, was like a no doubt well, about it I mean, position. Tim, I mean, there's guys in the league right now, but like Tim Duncan was obviously one. Yeah. Kevin Garnett just got introduced, just got inducted. Right. So there's yeah. some of them. I just, I just think when I think of basketball, I think of guard play. So for me personally, my goat would have to be a guard. Uh, and we are. Uh, what we are just they moved. Oh, uh, April April nineteenth, right? Is the uh, is when they're dropping uh, the uh, the, uh, the Bulls? The, yeah, the I Michael. believe it, it's the nineteenth or the eleventh. Yeah, the nineteenth. I just double checked, so I can't wait for that. Um, uh, that'll uh, that'll definitely bring up some. I, I hope they dig deep. Oh, <laughs> uh, well, it's ten hours. So yeah, I think they'll be digging pretty deep. Uh, I don't know if it's deep enough, is what I'm saying. Like, there's so many so many different angles to cover. You know, the career and overall and. Um, I'm kind of with you now too, by the way, speaking of that, I'm ready to kind of put it to rest. Like, it's just, I, I was so staunchly a LeBron defender for so yeah. very long. And I just, I, I can't, and, and I watched them. I, I would say it's fair to say I watched both of their careers with the same type of eye. And I always believed that LeBron was just such a better athlete played, you know, at a, at a level where I just don't think, you know, LeBron or excuse me, Jordan would able be able to guard him. But if you put him on, you know, one v one's a different story. But if you put him on five and five, I, I, it's still Jordan for me. You know, <laughs> uh, so I, I'm with you there too. And uh, we hope that you guys are staying safe, washing your hands. You know, put that mask on as we were just talking about uh, before the show. Um, you know, put the mask on, put the cloth on, whatever it is when you're going to the grocery stores, even if it's. Yeah, you know, think it's a placebo and it's not going to do anything and whatever. Just do it for the rest of us and for everybody. It might be a, a placebo effect, but hey, you know the masks are very, very, very important as uh, as we're starting to see now, like across the country and across the world. So uh, make sure you are trying to inform yourself as best as possible. Make sure you're informing us of things you need and want, and we appreciate you as always for listening to the Go Birds podcast right here, radio.com. In Sports Radio 94 WIP. Go Birds!